found your home for real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700 KBGG. Hey, everybody. Welcome in. Jim and Trent, we say hello to you here on a Wednesday on the Big Talker 1700. Terrific show today. Coming up at 420, a lot of Hawkeyes talk. Rom Howe, Hawkeye Nation, will be our guest once again. That's coming up at 420. At 440, Derek Duke, Heartland College Sports on the Big 12. Once again, that's at 440. At 525, Sean Tomlinson, Bleacher Report on the National Football League. Trent, how you doing, pal? Pretty good, Jim. Pretty good. I actually uh, got a decent night of sleep last night. I, I fell asleep before I could watch Heart Knocks, so, so I got that <laughs> on the agenda for this evening. And I missed the brouhaha between the Dodgers and the Giants. Just got to see the highlights of that. Uh, that was entertaining, I'll tell you that right now. Of course, you know me, late-night guy. Yeah. I'm staying up watching some of that stuff. And uh, yeah, Yasiel Puig, he's, he's mouthy. He really is, but... Uh, let me just, I'll explain what happened, but I know we'll get into it uh, a little later on in the show. But he has a good pitch to hit, and he fouls it off. And in doing so, he starts to curse himself. That's when the catcher said something like, come on, get back in the box and let's play. And that's how it all began. But I'll get in, I won't do it right now, but I'll get into it a little later. It's it's you. It's pretty good stuff. It it really is, and that that rivalry all the way back, Trent, to the days of Juan Marichal taking a bat to John Roseboro's head, who was the catcher at that time for the Dodgers. I I mean, this has got some nasty stuff in it. It's just not recent. This dates way back to the fifties. Well, it's some more baseball. Yesterday, uh, I talked about a little bit as you were off yesterday, Jim, but. Disappointing effort from Jose Quintana. The Cubs, they get blank 7 nothing. Game still in progress. Keeping an eye on the Cubs and Milwaukee. An 8-4 lead now for the Cubs as they look to bounce back. They jumped on top early and look to hold off and get the victory here against the Brewers. But and the teams behind them, Jimmy B, they're not going away. The Cardinals continue to be yep. red hot. You got the Rockies playing some good baseball in that wild card race. The Brewers are right there. This is not like it's been some of the past seasons where – yeah, the Cubs are going to be able to just put it in cruise control and get their way into the playoffs. They're in the middle of something real with Chris Bryant's injury. And what are they going to get out of you, Darvish? And the other questions that remain with this baseball team, it's not a sure thing that not only they don't win the division, Jimmy B, they could fall completely out of the race of the wild card and, and be sitting at home come October. I, I hope that's not the case just for Cubs fans, and there are a lot of them in our listening audience, of course. And I think they had extremely high expectations for this season. So far, they have not come to fruition. Although, if you look at the standings and you see who is in first place in the division, it is the Cubs. Uh, but you're right. Look, cards aren't going anywhere. I I don't know if they're doing it with just smoke and mirrors. The Milwaukee Brewers, uh, they're not going anywhere either. And this is an opportunity, like what happened in yesterday's game, for the Brewers to play against the, the top team in Chicago and, and have success. Now, the tables have turned, and we'll keep our eye on the game here for you. But right now, the Cubs are in control here with an 8-4 to four score at the end of the or mid-seventh inning. So, look, this is, this, this is fun. 
I mean, I, I like it. I, I get bored to smithereens if they had a 12-game lead. I'd be checked out of the rest of those games. But now that it is compelling and excellent viewing sports television, I'm, I'm locked and loaded now. I mean, this is, this is fun. It's, it's, it's fun to see races and have it come down to the wire trend. I, I, I mean, look, I, I know that's what Cubs fans would like them to be up 30 games so they could just say, ah, we're the best. Ah, nobody can be. Okay, I get all that. You're a fan. But for guys like ourselves who like compelling sports, this is pretty good right now. It has been. There's no doubt, Jim. And uh, what other baseball note before we get into a little bit of football talk and we welcome in Rob Howe from HawkeyeNation.com. I uh, wanted to just throw a shout-out to the youngsters with the, the Little League squad from the east side, the Grandview yes. uh, Little Leaguers. They'll be playing tomorrow. 2 o'clock will be that matchup. We'll keep you up to date on everything going on there. You know, I had an opportunity two years ago to go out there, cover the Johnston Little League team as they made their run, won the first uh, game ever for an Iowa team in the Little League World Series. And I got to call this squad's game in the state championship for Little League back a couple weeks ago before they departed for Indianapolis and won the Midwest region. What a fun group of kids. What a great story. I I just love this. The Little League World Series, Jimmy B., it's a rite of summer for me every single year. Even if there isn't an Iowa team in it, I love watching mm-hmm. it, flipping it on. There usually isn't a whole lot else going on. I'm so excited to see these young kids and, and their top player, Jim, the Watson kid. He pitched in that championship game that I called. Kid's incredible. I mean, he pumps it up there in the upper 70s. Wow. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, you've seen in the past, Jimmy B, at the Little League World Series, you can ride an arm like that a long, long ways. Maybe we could be talking about something special from this squad from the east side. I hope that's the case because that makes it really, really must-see TV, and I'm with you. I always watch the Little League World Series, and um, I, I forget which team Big Al plays for, <laughs> but but Big, Big Al was on late-night TV with Jimmy Kimmel last night, and they did an interview with the kid, and it's all because of the video that went viral, Trent. And you know how they always have the kids introduce themselves? Yep. Well, he comes up, and his nickname is Big Al, and he and he says his name, and he says, everybody calls me Big Al, and I hit dingers. <laughs> He's just I, the best. And, and, it, and, it, and, it went, and it went viral, and, it, and they interviewed him last night. It was The kid was great. He was hilarious. And, you know, you, you think back. At 12 years old, mm-hmm. could, could, were you like that? I mean, were you that gregarious in your, in your thought process and came up with great lines? And uh, he, The kid was awesome. He was awesome. There is no doubt. And, in fact, Jimmy B., I got the clip here of Big Al. Let's see if we can uh, bring it up here because he's a sensation. Hi, my name's Alfred D'Elia. At home, they call me Big Al, and I have dingers. <laughs> call me Big Al and I hit diggers. Oh, he's That's so great. good. And, and the voice is outstanding. You know, he's got the gravelly voice going. Yep, yep. Interviewing the kids when I was out there a couple of years ago, Jim, it's just, it's such a wonderful experience. And it's incredible. You walk in there, there's no price of admission. They pass the hat like they do at your local yep. Little League. The complex is amazing. It's immaculate. Jim, it's one of the great things. And if you're a baseball fan, you know, we talk about making your way out and making one of those trips where 
you go see Fenway and you go see a bunch of the stadiums in the East Coast or you do something like that. If you're a baseball fan, go out some August and check out Williamsport, the Little League World Series. It is so much fun as a baseball fan. It is. Uh, I've been there once, uh, if memory serves me correctly, uh, just to see it. And it is set up beautifully. And they do an incredible job of getting the kids uh, and keeping them involved in the community. Not mm-hmm. just, you know, they're not they're just not sitting in the hotel uh, waiting to play their next game. And the, the kids are everywhere. The fans are everywhere. There's great interaction, and it really is uh, worth it. If you, if you have it on a bucket list, you do need to uh, go to Williamsport at least once. Jimmy B, earlier today, Todd McShay of ESPN, he released his latest big board before the season for the NFL draft coming up next season. No surprise, Noah Fant, the Hawkeye tight end, he checked in at number 29 on the big board from McShay. But there was a surprise, I think, to a lot of people with his 23rd selection, also an Iowa Hawkeye. That's right, Nate Stanley. Number 23 on Todd McShay's Mm -hmm. big board. Your takeaway from that. Well, look, uh, a lot of people think he's going to have a really a breakout year, and, and I'm, I'm one of them. And he showed last year in a couple of games what he was capable of, and if he's remedied his long ball tosses a little bit where he can drop it in the bucket instead of overthrowing receivers, and I'm sure that that just comes with more playing time and more experience, that he is – uh, a guy that is going to have a very successful season. Trent, he has to be successful in order for the Iowa Hawkeyes to be successful. That's fair. And yep. If, yep. Yep. And if he plays, and, and he should, he should play better this season than he did last year, and Iowa was successful, they should even be more successful if indeed he has made that quantitative leap to where a lot of people around the country think he can be. He's got a chance. There's no doubt. Yeah. This guy, yeah. he's got the big size. He's 6'4", 235, 240 pounds. He's a big kid. He has the arm that is necessary. You talk about the overthrows, but it also shows that he's got the arm to take those shots down the field. Now reining it in, that's the next step to the process. And the biggest thing, though, for him to have that special season. I think there's a couple of benchmarks that we have to get to before we can have this conversation in January, the decision for Nate Stanley if he's going to make the leak to the NFL. First, you said it, success. He has to be yep. successful, and in turn, Iowa has to be successful. If he improves his numbers and he throws for 3,000 yards and even the touchdown-to-interception ratio gets better, I think that might be a stretch. But probably most importantly, the completion percentage is up 62%, 63%, something like that. That's all well and good. But if I was 5-7... and seven, I don't think that decision's going to be there. Yeah, he might be enamored, but to be a first-round pick, I'm not so sure because he does. though he has great physical tools, he doesn't have the physical tools of a Josh Allen. I don't believe Josh Allen's going to be a good NFL quarterback, but he's a toolsy guy. Something talked about yes. a lot in baseball. I think the same thing works here on the football side of things. He has the tools that people, GMs and, and scouts and front office people, they look for. Stanley's not quite at that level, but I'll tell you what. He hits those benchmarks. The completion percentage goes up. Passing yards goes up. And I was 11-1 and playing in Indianapolis. That conversation changes very quickly. I agree 100%. If they're 7-5 and five 
and he's had mediocre games in that seven and five record, then he'll he's nowhere to be found. I I think that you uh, nailed it when you said that if he has that sort of record and has the stats to back it up, that does that does indeed change everything. Going to be a lot of fun. Noah Fant, no surprise, his name on the list. And, and Jim, another one, Pro Football Focus came out today with their rankings of the top 50 players in college football. There are different names. Not the two names we just mentioned there. Three different yep. names from the state of Iowa, including their number three player in the country. Now, this has nothing to do with draft or next level. This is strictly as a collegiate football player. But David Montgomery, an Iowa State mm-hmm. Cyclone, Coming into the year, they have ranked as the number three player in the country. Jim, when you came to Des Moines, what, seven, eight years ago, do you ever think you'd yep. see a Cyclone listed number three on anybody's list for best players in college football? No, I didn't think that would ever, uh, ever happen. But the culture change is painfully obvious with Matt Campbell and company there. And we, you and I both know Montgomery is the real deal. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I get that. And he is one of the reasons, I believe, why so many people think that Iowa State is on the cusp of really breaking through, not just in Big 12, but maybe breaking through with a national uh, sort of campaign where the national pundits will all of a sudden go, oh, the Cyclones? And so I I think that he is key to all of that. His health is key to all of that as well. And that's why I think, Trent, that he is getting such high praise from different, re, different sites around the country. And when you're number three, I mean, there's, there's some top backs out there. Bryce Love out of Stanford. Mm-hmm. A, lot of, a lot of people are picking Bryce Love to be absolutely off the charts this year. Well, the same thing now can be said about David Montgomery. A lot of those same pundits think that he's going to have those kind of mind-blowing statistics, and if he does, Iowa State's going to be really good. Looking forward to that. Football is getting ever so close. The lists are out there. This one a little bit more. Jim, we don't bring up, you know, this player's been named to a watch list. It's not compelling to me. But these are a little bit different. This is a little homework. This is a guy like Todd McShay. Yeah, he also had Mitch Leidner in his list a couple of years ago of Minnesota. Yeah, I remember that. That was yeah. a disaster. But these are guys that, that I think you can believe. Pro football focus, Jim, you know what I think of those guys over there. So I think this is a step further, and this is more than, hey, we, we named 50 centers, and here's our Remington list. This is more than that, and uh, those two lists there. With that, we're due for a timeout. We're coming back on the other side. More college football talk coming your way. Rob Howe is going to join us from HawkeyeNation.com. Hopefully with his phone in hand. We'll check on that coming back on the other side. A couple weeks ago, Rob, he uh, he was struggling a little bit, lost his phone at Hy-Vee, hopefully good to go today. We'll talk with him next. Hawkeye Talk here on Jimmy B and TC. Hey, it's Tiki Barber and Brandon Tierney. We are Tiki and Tierney, giving you the big scoop on all the games. Afternoons on the Big Talker, 1700 KBGG. Boom! Hey guys, Trent Condon back here once again. Want to tell you a little bit about New Leaf Wellness Center. New Leaf Wellness has helped me lose weight, gain endurance during workouts, and one of the biggest things, have energy all day long. No more lulls during the afternoon. Great program, great people at New Leaf Wellness Center. Check them out today at 3930 West Town Parkway in West Des Moines. And all summer long, give it away iCubs tickets. Find out how New Leaf Wellness can help you or give them a call at 515 515- 650-1358. That's 650-1358 for New Leaf Wellness Centers. 
Let's feel better together and turn over a new leaf with New Leaf Wellness. Sponsored by Firestone Complete Auto Care. Head into Firestone Complete Auto Care to get $70 off per axle on a standard brake service. Whatever you drive, drive a Firestone. Coupon required, restrictions and exclusions apply. Details at driveafirestone.com. Looks like we have another contestant for Russian Roofer Roulette. Place your bet. Choose from unmet expectations, we overpromise and underdeliver, or we'll carelessly drag our ladder over your daffodils. Let's log on to Google and play. I'm Ryan Johnson, owner of Right Roofing. Before you play Russian Roofer Roulette, give us a call. Right Roofing is one of the only local roofers with a 50-year warranty on both the shingles and the labor. So you know that when we roof it, we'll roof it once and we'll roof it right. For a warranty on materials and labor that's five times longer than most companies, call Right Roofing at 515-729-0770, where we say you choose the color, we'll handle the rest. That's 729-0770, or find us online at rightroofing.com. That's rightroofing.com with an R. Roof it once, roof it right, right roofing. Don't waste away the last days of summer in a car you hate. Join my flip-flop revolution today. Hey, Joe Clemens here from Capital City Motor Company. I'm on a mission to help everyone kick back in a car they love. I'll help you flip out of your current car and flop into a nicer, newer one by paying up to $4,679 more than appraised value for your trade. Relax in a ride you'll love. My one and only for the people credit approval process is easy breezy. My team is the best there is and we know how to get you approved, even if you've been turned down before. Don't waste away the last days of summer. Be part of my flip flop revolution i'll pay up to four thousand six hundred seventy nine dollars more for your trade and you can flip out of your old car and flop into a nicer newer car today but hurry the revolution ends august 31st or after we've flip-flopped 82 cars i'm joe clemens and i'm a dealer for the people come see us at capital city motor company in des moines on east university one block off i-235 on the state fair side call 265-1467 or online at approved by joe.com approved by joe.com www.approvedbyjoe.com an old favorite is back again with a new and updated menu, Bennigan's on Merle Hay Road. Stop by Bennigan's and check out the new signature steak and ale menu, made from scratch everyday recipes that have stood the test of time. Dinner with friends, a night out, or just stop by to watch the ball game. Make it Bennigan's, Merle Hay Road. You're with friends at Bennigan's on Merle Hay Road. It's one thing to be aware of breast cancer. It's another to do something about it. Here's to the heroes who lift each other up and make a difference, who get out there, take action. Every step, every dollar, every voice matters. Join us in the fight against breast cancer and be a hero. Get registered today for the Susan G. Komen Des Moines Race for the Cure on October 27th and help us provide life-saving research and breast health services to women in our community. Visit komengreateriowa.org slash dmrace to get registered today. Stephanie Goodhue of Iowa Realty is a full-service residential realtor serving all of Central Iowa. She specializes in new construction, relocation, single-family, and condo townhouse sales. Stephanie Goodhue, a buyer's agent and a seller's agent, along with a member of the National Association of Realtors and the Des Moines Area Association of Realtors. Let Stephanie provide a free market analysis if you're considering selling your home. Stephanie Goodhue of Iowa Realty. She will lead you home. 
This year, it's our year. The year we win it all. This is the year the flag flies. For wins. For big games. For titles. This is the year you fly the colors of your favorite team. These colors? uh, These colors mean everything. And you'll find those colors at Heartland Flagpoles and Flags. The largest selection of team flags anywhere. Football, basketball, hockey, NASCAR, and more. Shop 3719 Southwest 9th Des Moines or heartlandflags.com. Summer is here and when the storms hit and your roof leaks, it's time to call Wolf Construction. From a complete re-roof to just fixing that leaky roof. The roofing staff has experience working with many different roof systems with Wolf Construction and a knowledge of how the roof system works best for your home. Wolf Construction will do their best to honor you with timely communication, a job well done, and a price that's fair. Wolf Construction Roofing, 515-225-8866 or online wolfconstruction.net Real sports talk for real sports fans It's Jimmy B and TC Here's Jim and Trent Alright everybody we welcome you back say hello once again and we take you all the way to 6 o'clock right here on the Big Talker 1700. Uh, a man who struggled mightily the last time that we had to have a conversation with him, losing his phone at a high V, finally recovered, and he is back joining us now. He's back to the living. Rob Howe, Hawkeye Nation. How are you doing, huh? How you doing there, pal? I'm doing well. phone has been connected to me since that time hasn't gone far from my site trust me i get that it it is a lifeblood anymore it's something that we need over reliance yeah that happens quite a bit too but uh well we're glad to have you here and no issues this time get you on we love having you here to to break down iowa football basketball whatever's going on the non-conference basketball schedule has officially been released most of it had been and uh well, it's as ugly as you'd anticipate. We'll save that for later. Let's get into the football first here, Rob. Kids Day over the weekend. Some young names starting to shine. Some guys maybe with an opportunity. But this was what? Just practice, I think, number eight of the August camp. So you don't want to take away too much from the only glimpse that you have. Right, Trey. And I, would, uh, and I tried to write that and, and talk about that as much as I could uh, in my content that I produced from from the kids' day of practice, um, that it was just one of, you know, all of the training camp practices. And as you said, it was the eighth where normally at this point we're at number 12 at kids' day, but the schedule kind of fell that way this year when we got them a little bit earlier. But, I, I you know, guys, probably what you usually see from Iowa, maybe just a little bit more magnified because the offense is still far behind where the defense is. So the defense probably had even a more impressive uh, performance in this one than maybe we normally see, but we usually see the defense ahead of the offense at this time of year, and I just thought that was kind of magnified on Saturday. Um, I'm going to follow up on that then. Does that mean that you're being cautious about the upcoming home game against Northern Illinois? and that the Huskies may indeed come in and have an opportunity to pull the upset? I think it's certainly uh, a possibility, Jim. Um, it's, a, it's a pretty good MAC team that's favored to win their division. It is the MAC, and 
you know, Big Ten teams aren't supposed to lose to MAC teams at home, and we know all that. We know the rundown. But uh, I think more from Saturday, I'm just trying to keep it in perspective more than over, I guess, overanalyze it and make it so it's um, swaying my opinion of that first game too much. Um, because obviously they, they had, you know, three weeks after when we saw them to prepare for that game. So you would hope that there would be improvement. Um, I guess, you know, the biggest question for me coming out of Saturday, or you know, is, and, and I think, I don't think it's a, you know, it's a revelation at all. It's how are they going to uh, line up at tackle with Worfs and Alaric Jackson being out? And, you know, Mark Halenberger and, and Levi Paulson were the guys that were on the second team on Saturday, and uh, they had their struggles. I'm not going to lie to you. So those guys have to make up some ground between now and uh, September 1st, and uh, we won't know what we're going to get until we see it. <laughs> so um, it certainly will be in the back of everybody's minds, but who knows how they progress the next three weeks. Rob, you mentioned the offense did look a little bit better at times that he normally anticipate for an August camp. Uh, now a three-headed running back. We knew coming into the year it would be Torin Young, B. Ivory, Kelly Martin, and now you throw Makai Sargent into the mix. Sargent, not a real big guy, certainly no, not breakaway speed. It's not Akron Wadley back there, but pretty effective from what you saw? Yeah, I think so, Trenton. I, I think, you know, on that side of the ball, on the offensive side of the ball, I came away probably feeling better about the running backs in relation to what, you know, questions I had going into that practice of any other position. Um I thought all three guys performed well, and Kirk at this time of the year isn't going to pound his main guy, um, which is Torin Young. So Kelly Martin and um, Sargent got most of the carries, and I thought they both looked good, ran hard, uh, different type of backs. Uh, Sargent's more of a downhill between the tackles guy. Kelly Martin can do that, but I think he's a little quicker. They moved him and played him in the slot a little bit in certain formations. Um, so, yeah, I think they've got some versatility back there. They threw a lot to the running backs on Saturday, too, which was interesting. Um, so they don't have the game-breaker playmaker that Akron Wadley was, but I think that group, that core of running backs, is pretty good, and I think they'll be able to rely on them, especially early in the season, maybe when you, you don't want to put tackles in harm's way in week one. Maybe they lean a little, a little you know, even more on that running game. Uh, let me follow up then. We know what the Hawkeyes have at tight end, two of the best. But at wide receiver, it's still kind of like, okay, really, who are these guys? Did you Were you able to gleam anything from any of the wideouts in passing drills? They had some, they had some moments, Jim, but I'd be lying if I said I didn't come, that, come out of that saying I was a little disappointed. Uh, and what I saw from them, again, it was one practice. I, I put that out there again. But um, there were there were a lot of occasions. That, and you don't know, you know, what exactly is going into a certain play and what, you know, what assignments that every guy is running. Um, but just overall overarching opinion of what I saw on Saturday, they were still having trouble getting, getting open. Um, there were sacks that were um, – a result of a really good defensive line and one that I think is going to be really good. And then there was some where the quarterback was just scrambling around back there waiting for somebody to get open. And that, that to me, along with the offensive tackles week one, you know, is the biggest concern for me. 
uh, at the start of the season. I still want to see these res- wide. Re- I mean, we've heard about Brandon Smith and Amir Smith Marset. Um, you know, and some of the younger guys that are coming in this year. Got to see it on Saturdays this year. They've got to do a better job. They were not good enough last year, and they have to be better. And based on the kids they practice, they didn't really show a lot that day. Rob, it feels like they're pretty settled in at two of the spots in the linebacker group. Amani Jones in the middle, who won that job back in the spring. Nick Neiman on that outside position. At the other inside spot, though, at the will, a bunch of guys being thrown out there. The two deep has Christian Welch listed as a starter. Jamon Colbert behind him. We've heard Barrington Wade's been over there doing a little bit of work, or Wade staying on the outside part, maybe Neiman moving over. Of that group, after the top two of Jones and Neiman, who do you like to emerge as the number three linebacker? That's a good. That's a tough, tough one, Trent. And because they move, they as you said, they used a lot of guys at that will spot the other day. Um, I would throw in, and I don't know. I I didn't know catch if you mentioned Seth Benson, the, yeah. the true freshman from from uh, Sioux Falls, Washington High School, um, but also Dylan Doyle. Um, obviously, the, the Doyle name is, is well-known in Iowa football, Chris Doyle's son. He enrolled in January. He looked really good Saturday. I just don't know where. I think Leo is probably his best position, and I don't know physically if he can play inside yet, um, but he's another guy in that mix. Um, if I had to lean to somebody, I would say Christian Welch, just because I, he's kind of been building up for this. But I could see that being a fluid situation where maybe the guy that starts the season isn't the guy that finishes the season at the will spot. I, I think if they had their druthers, the coaches, they want would want to keep Neiman on the outside um, at Leo and then keep Amani Jones in the middle and then figure out that will spot. But if the you know, if the best three includes Neiman on the inside and maybe Barrington Wade at Leo, I think they're hoping to do in that, too. So that's still a work in progress at linebacker. But I thought they overall, as a group, they performed pretty well on Saturday. You know, it's funny because uh, at the beginning of our conversation, you indicated that the defense was way ahead of the offense. I, I watched some video clips, and I saw Brady Reef just running right past whoever was trying to block him and knocking down the quarterback. Uh, is, was that your first indication here, that they're, they might have issues there on that offensive line? Yeah, Reef had a – you know, it was it was coming from all sides, quarterbacks on Saturday. They were, they were facing heat all day from, you know, A.J. Epinesa was getting off the ball. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Nelson, of course, Parker Hesse. Um, they were doing third-down situational work with Hesse. Uh, and Chauncey Golston on the inside with Epinesa and Anthony Nelson on the outside, which I think is a really interesting alignment on third downs. You basically have four really good rushers uh, on the field at the same time. So I, I, it's hard to say exactly and quantify how much of what we saw Saturday was how good the defensive line is and how much the offensive line is a work in progress. So it definitely was a mismatch on Saturday. We've seen that stuff before where it hasn't panned out when we got to the season that it's, you know, that that held form. So we'll have to see how this goes this year. Todd McShay of ESPN, Rob, came out with his uh, grouping of his first 30 prospects for the 2019 NFL draft. No surprise. Noah Fant up there, number 29. Number 23, though, I think surprised some people. The Hawkeye quarterback at number 23. We know the improvements that Nate Stanley has to make this year. How realistic that he's going to have a decision to make come January? 
I think it's certainly a possibility, guys. Um, he has the, the NFL package. I mean, he's big, strong, strong arm, um, you know, can move a little bit. Um, but he's got to show NFL teams that he's more accurate than he was last year. Um, I think his completion percentage was around 57 58%. He's got to be better than that, and that's going to be a key for him moving forward. Um, I think part of what plays into that, and I could be wrong on this, I'm not an NFL draft expert, but there were a lot of quarterbacks drafted in this draft, in the 2018 draft, which leads me to believe that the the position probably isn't as deep in 2019, Mm -hmm. so that probably plays into it a little bit as well. Um, But he certainly has the physical tools to be able to be an NFL quarterback, but I still think there's, there's obvious necessary development that needs to take place this fall end accuracy is probably at the top of that list and the deep ball. Okay, but don't you believe that he is going to have to, if he makes those necessary improvements, then Iowa has an excellent chance to be a very good team instead of just a good team? I would agree, Jim. I think it's definitely related. I think if he's in the conversation next year as an early entrant into the NFL mm-hmm. draft, um, and potentially a first-round pick, that means Iowa had a pretty darn good season, I think, because that means he figured out um, and put together some, you know, those loose ends that are in his game right now uh, and took the next step forward. And that will make you know, an already talented tight end group better. Uh, that will make the question marks at wide receiver better, um, which will in turn open up the running game and could you know, allow this offense to reach its, its full potential. But right now we're still sitting on a big if. Finally, Rob, for you, basketball just released their non-conference schedule for the year. We knew most of the names on this list, but it finishes out uh, not exactly in strong competition. UMKC, UW-Green Bay, Alabama State, Iowa State, Pitt, Western Carolina, Savannah State, Bryant at home, UNI on a neutral court, and then they play out in MSG against Oregon, and then either UConn or Syracuse. 20 Big Ten games this year. They're going to have to win a bunch of them with that schedule. Yeah, no question. And from the feedback I've gotten on my Twitter feed since I, since <laughs> I tweeted out the schedule, <laughs> I get the sense that fans are not pleased with the home <laughs> slate this year. Um, you know, outside of Pittsburgh, who was just god-awful last year, and Iowa State, uh, who's obviously a marquee home game, there's just not a lot to get excited about on that home schedule. Um, they do get, you know... Oregon and potentially Connecticut or Syracuse uh, in the in the uh, that opening tournament, but um, that doesn't do a lot for the home fans. And they're, you know, I think with the twenty games of conference schedule, you're going to have to do pretty good, pretty well in the conference anyway. Um, and now with looking at their non-conference schedule, that just magnifies how well they're going to have to do in conference uh, if they want to make it back to the NCAA's. You know, you look at this. I can see why fans are upset. Uh, I mean, it's, yee. How can you ask people to pay for that garbage at home? Yeah, I mean, it's tough, Jim. I mean, because there's no, it doesn't seem like there's a middle ground with, with right. you know, when yeah. they're making these schedules. There's no, you know, team in the 150 to 200 range. It's like either... You're playing, uh, uh, you know, a conference team who's, you know, going to be have a good RPI, you know, in one of the, the preseason tournaments where you're facing good teams, 
And then you're just dropping all the way down to teams that are going to be, again, ranked in that 250 to 300 range that just do nothing for anybody. It doesn't do anything for your RPI. It doesn't do anything to sell tickets. Um, I guess it stacks wins if you can get them. But other than that, I really don't see the benefit to playing that soft of a home schedule. Yeah, here's my my point, is if you have an experienced team, which – now Iowa is. They are an experienced team. And you ask them to play three straight games against Western Carolina, Savannah State, and Bryant. I, I mean, they're, they're going to be like sleepwalking. you you gotta, you got to involve your players and get them excited and jacked up to play. I, I mean, look, I could – I mean, they, they read this stuff. They hear it. They they know how fans are reacting to that particular schedule. I just can't believe that uh, that it's that bad, Rob. And I'm with you. It's either one or the other, and the other is awful. Yeah, and and to to you know to tag tag onto your your point, Jim. Those three games are what you have going into the conference season. Does that right. prepare you for conference play? No, it'd be no. hard to, hard to make that argument, wouldn't it? Yeah. Frustrating. Very frustrating. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. well, another rant will be coming about this soon enough. But we got to take a break, <laughs> hey, Rob? Thanks, as always, for joining us here today. My pleasure. Thanks, guys. Rob Howe, com. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Rob Howe HN, as we get the break. Oh, yes, we will have time to break this one down in the coming days. But coming up next, we're going to turn our attention to the Big 12, some Big 12 football talk. Derek Duke, he joins us next here from Heartland College Sports on Jimmy B and TC. You found your home for real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700 KBGG. Why we don't hesitate. Come on, let's get away. Being in Des Moines, you just get it through the experience. I'm a fan of a lot of our fast, casual cuisine. I love the theater and the shopping. My kids love to go to the parks. There's a lot going on musically. If you can't find things to do in Des Moines, you must be boring. This is a magical place. Don't miss out. Visit CatchDesMoines.com and plan your getaway to Greater Des Moines. Catch what you've been missing. For one more beer for me. Exile needs quality, so savagely. Best beer in all the land, brewed with a loving hand. From bottle, keg, or can, Exile Brewing, E-X-I-L-E. For me, E-X-I-L-E, let's drink. Crack open a Ruthie today, enjoy your exile. Since 1993, Wolf Construction has been Des Moines' choice for residential and commercial roofing. From complete re-roofing to small leaks, call Wolf Construction at 225-8866 for your roofing needs. Call 225-8866 to set up your roofing consultation or online at wolfconstruction.net. That's wolfconstruction.net for Wolf Construction. A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. wolfconstruction.net. The Rookie is Central Iowa's leader in sports cards, collectibles, supplies, and memorabilia. The Rookie has a large selection of vintage and modern-day sports cards for brands such as Topps, Upper Deck, and Panini. Whether you're starting a new collection or building your own, The Rookie has all your needs from football, basketball, baseball, hockey, UFC, and more. 
It's time to collect. Stop by The Rookie, 9992 Swanson Boulevard, right across from the Willis Auto Campus. And online at therookiesportscards.com. Real sports talk for real sports fans. It's Jimmy B and TC. Here's Jim and Trent. All right, everybody, welcome back in. We roll all the way until 6 o'clock tonight right here on the Big Talker 1700. Uh, Time to uh, head to uh, Heartland College football, and it's always good when we get a chance to chat with Derek Duke. He joins us right now. How are you, man, and are you getting excited because we're only a few weeks away? Absolutely. I'm very excited. Appreciate you guys having me on, and I'm, I'm counting down the days like I'm sure the rest of the country is for college football. Very excited to to get things you know underway and just you know ready for the season it's been a long off season and just you know ready to get back at it we're all sitting there we're all in the same boat Derek and uh I thought this was very interesting I saw today over at the athletic I'm a subscriber Bruce Feldman and Stuart Mandel they're two national writers over there both came out with their big 12 predictions today and they both had Oklahoma going nine and three this season Look, I know you can make arguments about why they're going to take a step back at the forefront of that Baker Mayfield, regardless of what you think, uh, what that position's going to be. The defense wasn't very good, but but three losses, that seems like a huge stretch for me. You can make an argument somebody else is going to win the conference, but three losses? Derek, does that seem realistic to you? I think you could certainly make a case for it, with the Big 12 being so wide open this year, but as I always mentioned, Oklahoma's been the favorite amongst almost everybody uh, that you talk to about the Big 12. So I would be pretty surprised if they did go 9-3. I think the floor for that team is more of a 10-2. and two. Uh, You know, I mm. see them going 11-1. I don't see them finishing a perfect season, but I could definitely see them going 11-1, 10-2. Uh, remember with that offense, even though they do lose a guy like Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray's taking over, certainly has a lot of talent. He may not be proven yet, but a guy who was certainly talented coming out of high school, five-star rated quarterback coming out. Uh, just don't forget the talent around Kyler Murray. That offensive line is going to be fantastic, one of the best in the country once again this season. Rodney Anderson carrying the rock, a 1,000-yard rusher for the Oklahoma last season. So you got weapons on the outside with C.D. Lamb, Marquise Brown. So the talent is certainly there offensively and defensively. I do think they're going to take another step forward. Kenneth Mann up front, Neville Gallimore. you got some experience coming back along with uh, Caleb Kelly and Kenneth Murray at the linebacker spots. Those guys are absolute studs at linebackers. So overall, I think the defense should improve. I do have some questions at safety for them, but they bring a lot of experience back. They do have some talent coming in as well from a highly uh, rated recruiting class. So I think Mike Stoops will get the defense turned around. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And I think they'll see another step forward this season with that defense. Let Let me fire this one at you then. So you just talked about a quarterback who's, what, 19, 20 years old and just got a multi-million dollar contract to go play baseball. Don't you think that that's kind of on his mind, or do you think he can separate that and concentrate on playing college football at such a high level? I think he's able to separate it. You don't forget, he's actually, he's actually been doing this since he arrived at Oklahoma, so this isn't his first season playing baseball. He just finished right. up and wrapped up his second season not too long ago. So I still think it's something he can manage. And I think we all know, even Kyler Murray, even his agents come out saying, it's a, it's a one-year rental type deal with Kyler Murray. He's going to start for this season and then obviously after the year move on to baseball. But I think the talent is certainly there for Kyler. Like I mentioned, 
He went to Texas A&M as a, as a five-star rated quarterback coming out of high school. He was one of the most decorated quarterbacks in Texas high school history, winning three state championships, I believe. So the talent has always been there with Kyler. It's just a matter of time. We And this is really his last chance. We just need to see it now. But, I, you know, there's no excuses for him. There's plenty of, plenty of talent surrounding that quarterback spot. And don't forget, you also have Lincoln Riley calling the plays, and he's one of the best minds in all of college football. Speaking of the quarterback position, uh, the rival of Oklahoma, Texas, going through camp and trying to figure out who's going to be the guy between Sam Ellinger and Shane Bouchel. As it sits today, I haven't seen an official announcement, at least to this point. What's the latest you're hearing there? And whoever doesn't win that job, could we be talking about a guy maybe leaving campus before we get through this 2018 season? I don't think you're going to see either one of those guys transfer. Um, but for right now, I have to go with Sam Ellinger. I think he is the guy. I'm not going to go as far as saying it's an actual quarterback competition. I think everybody around that program knows that Sam Ellinger is going to be the guy. Last season, obviously, he was thrown into the fire as a true freshman. He actually rushed for – he led the team in rushing last year, which is not ideal for a quarterback, especially a freshman quarterback. But he did that. He made some mistakes last season. He played well at times, he, you know, against Kansas State, USC, even in that Oklahoma game. He showed flashes. Can he be more consistent uh, as a quarterback? That's going to be my biggest issue up front on the offensive line. They have some question marks. Can they stay healthy? Last season they were decimated by injuries, and that really, really hurt them up front that they couldn't even run the football. They were relying so much on the quarterback spot. But like I said, I think Sam Ellinger is going to be the guy, and I, I would not expect Shane Bouchel to transfer. It'd be, it'd be shocking to me for him to, see, for him to transfer this season. You know, possibly next season maybe if he loses out on the job again, but Right now, I have to go with Sam Ellinger as a guy for Texas. Interesting uh, how you how you separate that. Trent and I had a conversation uh, about Iowa State and their first three games: uh, South Dakota State at Iowa and then Oklahoma. There is so much optimism now for Cyclone Nation. Is is there a outside shot that they could be? Do I dare say three and zero, or at least two and one, to open up those three games? What do you think now of Iowa State? I could definitely see two and one. I don't think that's that's you know crazy to talk about. Or I could possibly see three and zero heading into that Oklahoma game. Last season they played Iowa, and that was such a great game last season, going into overtime. Anybody could have really won awesome. that game. So awesome. I do. I do think Iowa State gets over that hump this season. I think they do finally beat Iowa. They're going to play at Kinnick Stadium. Down there, it's going to be a tough road environment, but I think Matt Campbell and the company are able to get it done this season. So Iowa State is a very interesting team. Obviously, the defense, I think, is going to be one of the best in the Big 12. You know, got a guy like David Montgomery at the running back spot. Offensive line, still a bit of kind of a question mark. They have some weapons at receiver with a guy like Hakeem Butler outside. Uh, the question mark for me for Iowa State is going to be Kyle Kemp. What what can we see in the progression-wise from that offense can Kyle Kemp take that next step? Don't forget, this is going to be his, really his first full season as a starter going into the year as well. So I, I saw Texas Tech got some bad news on the defensive side of the football. They return a lot of people from a, a defense that got better. Still wasn't great, but better a year ago. Is this a make-or-break season for Cliff Kingsbury? If they fall to a 4-8, and 5-7 and seven kind of year, is that going to be at, it for his days in Lubbock? I think that what Texas Tech right needs to do right now, they have to make a bowl game this season. I think this is going to be crucial. 
last season. They were lucky to get to that bowl game. They beat Texas in the last game of the season to get bowl eligible. And then obviously they played against, I think, USF it was in a Birmingham Bowl. Didn't turn out so great for Cliff, but you know they still were able to get to that bowl game, get those extra practices. But I think that is the standard there now is trying to get to that bowl game. I'm not really seeing it this season. Obviously, you just mentioned, talked about the defense. They have a lot of experience coming back on that defense. I think the defense will take another step forward from last season. I think the defense will be fine. The question marks for me at Texas Tech are going to be at quarterback. Who's it going to be? They have a true freshman in Allen Bowman. Uh, they also guys have Jet Duffy, McLean Carter, some guys who saw a little bit of playing time, but they're really wildly inconsistent. But I truly believe that they're going to have to lean on a freshman quarterback in Allen Bowman this season. And to me, that's kind of scary to think about considering how high the expectations are for Cliff Kingsbury in such a, such a crucial season uh, heading into the year. Derek Duke from Heartland College Sports. Derek, final 30 seconds here. Let us know what you guys have going on over at Heartland College Sports leading up to the Big 12 football season. You know, we're always just you know, cranking out previews, uh, game previews, everything like that. So uh, trying to put out as much content right now. We're ranking all the position groups in the Big 12, so that's always fun. But, you know, just trying to give the best coverage we possibly can for the Big 12. You know, this conference doesn't get a whole lot of spotlight in the national media, so this is kind of our, our unique way of, of giving that shining that spotlight on the Big 12 because it desperately needs so. Cyclone fans, get over there. It's Heartland College Sports. Derek, we'll talk again soon. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me on. Appreciate it. Derek Duke here talking Big 12 football. An interesting season certainly appears to be on the horizon. Oklahoma, are they due for a dip? We will talk about that a whole lot more here in the final two weeks before we get to official kickoff. we got an hour in the books. Still one more to go. Coming back on the other side with more Jimmy B and TC. Catch the best in high school football each Friday night on 1700 KBGG with the Central Iowa Game of the Week starting at 7 o'clock on Fridays.